So, so what were you, what type of real estate were you doing at the time? Were you wholesaling or flipping or were you an actual realtor? Like what, what branch of the business were you doing? I, I started with the intent of flipping. You know, I want to buy property, I want to add value to it, and I want to sell it. And, and that's what I did. I'm like, people calling me? That's what I want. I don't want a cold call. I don't want a door knock. I don't want to do any of that. You are now listening to the Real Estate Everyone's Podcast. You see this guy here staring back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life. Your weekly deep dive into DFW real estate, life, and beyond. With your hosts, Tavis Westbrook and Ashton Hines. All right, good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Heavyweights Podcast. And we are back with another amazing interview with uh, our friend Mark Fuller, Tavis's friend. Uh, they've known each other for a long time, done business in the the Plano area for a long time. And and when Tavis was talking about guys he wanted to bring on, this was definitely at the top of his list. So we got Mark today. Uh, beautiful day. It's December here. Not cold. It does not feel like Christmas just yet. I'm wearing a hoodie out of protest because that's pretty much all I wear. But uh, I wish it was colder outside because there's Christmas uh, decorations everywhere and all that stuff. But Anyway, I, uh, I'm Ashton Hines. I'm part of the Real Estate Heavyweights. I'm the newbie. I'm working on flip number four. I have, uh, I've been a real estate agent for a little over two years, and uh, we are finishing up flip number four right now. But one of the guys that's helping me out a ton, I bought my last flip from him. I bought a long-term rental from him. His name is Tavis Westbrook. What's up, Tavis? What's up? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning. Well, um, Tavis, he, we were kind of brainstorming uh, a few months ago about it, what we wanted this podcast to be. And we definitely want to bring you interviews with people that uh, are working in the flip and investment area, specifically in the DFW area. And uh, last week we had George Roddy. If you haven't listened to that, you got to go listen to that. He's got some pretty crazy stories. Uh, you know, I highlighted it on the Instagram, but uh, at, at one point in his career, he was riding around in his car with about $50 million in cashier's checks. So you have to go listen to that story. So no pressure, Mark. I don't expect that you ride around with $50 million in your pocket, but uh, we are super excited to have you here. So uh, welcome. Welcome, Mark Fuller. Why don't you go ahead and get it started? Uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us how you got into the real estate game and and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, real estate was just like, it's like a few things in my life. It's You can't, you can't really plan everything, right? And Real estate just happened to, to be one of those things uh, that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have ADHD, you know, so I get bored, you know, pretty easy. I guess and you guys probably get that. And I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs do. You know, I, I was in the GNC business, General Nutrition Center business before I did this, which was perfect for my life at that time because I was into bodybuilding. I have a bodybuilding background and was just mesmerized by bodybuilding from an early age. And so GNC was a natural fit for me. I had a partner, we had a few stores and much like a lot of things, you know, in my life, you know, I felt like I can, I felt like I maxed it out. You know, if I'm not improving, yeah, I just get so, I get bored, you know? I mean, I want, I want to be better every single year. I want to, I want to improve. I want to hit my goals, you know, and so forth. But that's where I was at GNC at that time. So I started thinking, 
you know, I really want to do something else. And so I talked to my, my partner. I said, man, I'm done. And uh, so he, he, uh, uh, he bought me out. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to jump all into this, this real estate thing. And, you know, my family and friends, they thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you got, you got this great life and you're making money. And, you know, obviously it's a little bit more than money. Uh, I want to make money. You know, and I think everybody does, but uh, I'm a big believer at the end of the day, if you're, you've got to, you've got to enjoy what you're doing, you know, and if you don't, if you don't enjoy it, man, I, it's hard for me to think that I could make enough money that would help me overcome just hating, hating what I do, you know? So did you have a construction background or what made you think like, you know, there's stocks, there's other companies, there's other franchises, like what made you think I'm going to, I'm going to go into real estate? Did you have some friends doing it that you thought looked like it was a good idea or what was going on? I have nothing. On what, what year was this, Mark? This was uh, middle to end of 2005. Okay. So that, that's when I started thinking about, yeah, you know, I'm ready to do something else. And when, when did the GNC stores start kind of dwindling down? I mean, when did the internet start taking over most well, of these? Well, not at this point. Not at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that happened not, not, That happened later. Because I know, I mean, you could find a few, you know, health food stores similar to that, right? Or, you know, uh, nutrition-based stores. But uh, they're definitely not what they used to be, right? No, not, not now. I mean, I I got out. Yeah, so I mean, I would say you probably made the right decision. Yeah, I got out. <laughs> yeah, man, looking back, I would hate to be in that business now. But you know, GNC taught me that you know there's there's so much competition in Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and I know I hear that about a lot of different places, but I knew even in GNC, I mean, I knew I knew so many of the franchisees across the nation, and it's it's crazy how much more. Let's just say Nebraska, five hundred thousand population. Like Omaha, you know, one of the stores there was doing double what I was doing. And I found that to be the case across a lot of businesses. So, you know, competition, I'm used to it. So, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth, a lot of in, a lot of investors, a lot of the bigger companies and, and so forth. Uh, man, we just got, we got competition. So anyway, with GNC and so forth, yeah, that was a little bit before it started taking off with internet. And it really wasn't. I really didn't even take that into consideration. Honestly, I was just tired of my bodybuilding career has been winding down. And uh, that was a, yeah, that's a big motivation for me. The bigger I was, the more in shape I was, the more money I made, you know, with, with selling uh, sports supplements and, and all that. So that was just winding down. Yeah. And I was just getting, getting pretty much bored. So you were done, you checked out, you said, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm selling out my, my, my shares. Uh, you sold out to your partner. This is 2005. So this is well, right. It, at the, it, it was the 2000, first of 2006. Okay. It's, it's basically you bought me out in the first of 2006. And uh, I had already started educating myself on real estate. And of course, uh, about three months before. Of course, 2004, 2005 here in Dallas and in real estate was actually pretty good years, right? So <laughs> that was uh, pretty exciting to, you know, see what was going on 2005 and four, or, or 2005 and 2006. And then, and then obviously make the decision to go into real estate at that time. So give us a little bit of insight on that. Obviously you go into it, you're excited, you get in, and then obviously 
you know, mortgage crisis happens, the bottom falls out. Of and the bottom drops out. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, Lord, it's like I, I really thought you were pushing me in this direction, you know, and it, it, uh, it was depressing, yeah. you know, because at that point, man, I didn't really know. It, it's I, I didn't. I'm still trying to figure out how to run this business. How am I going to do this? And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, this this business, how is it going to work for anyone? And how am I going to sell? How am I going to sell these houses, right? So what were you, what type of real estate were you doing at the time? Were you wholesaling or flipping or were you an actual realtor? Like what, what branch of the business were you doing? I, I started with the intent of flipping. You know, I want to buy property. I want to add value to it and I want to sell it. And, and that's what I did. You know, so I started in 06 and for 06 and 07, and I guess it's, uh, you know, that's when they were, you know, they were given any, anybody a mortgage, you know, it's like, you didn't have to worry about anybody qualifying appraisals. You didn't have to worry about anything, hundred percent financing. So even though my, you know, even though I was learning the business, I was still able to sell, you know, there for a year and a half, two years. And then that's, that's when that changed. So I was pretty much buying everything had never for the first couple of years had never wholesale anything. You what know? did your volume look like? What? About how many were you doing in your first year? Two thousand six. How many flips do you think you did then? Oh, that in in two thousand six, I three three. Okay, yeah. You know, I started I started full time in March of '06, and didn't have a network. Didn't didn't have wholesalers sending me deals. Really, just educate myself. So, were you buying MLS or where were you finding your deals at the time? No, I've never bought a house off the MLS. So okay. So I'll tell you who I went to. I went to a Ron LeGrand seminar, right? That was the first of 2006. So I went to that even before I sold my interest in GNCs. And Ron LeGrand, I mean, what a sales guy, you know? Uh, I remember sitting there thinking, he's talking about people calling us to sell their house. And, you know, for years I had, you know, even in GNC, I'd seen those I see the trucks driving by and it's like, I see the advertisements for we buy houses or whatever here and there. And it's like, how, how are those, how are those guys doing that? So I was always a little curious about that, but Ron LeGrand's talking about this. I'm like, people calling me, that's what I want. I don't want a cold call. I don't want a door knock. I don't want to do any of that. So took a little bit of, took a little, very little from Ron LeGrand. He, and, uh, figured out really quickly that, man, some of the steps he's talking about, it's selling his products. It's not going to work. Even before I, I really knew a ton about the business, you know, uh, when I just thought about it, some of the stuff was just pretty logical. So I started concentrating on how did I get my phone to ring? Yeah. And I started, I mean, I spent money, you know, and I tell people, you're, how, how do you, how do you learn this business? Well, I, for me, I had to spend money. I spent money because I felt like I went to school basically on buying, you know, information and educating myself. Boy, I went to two or three seminars. One guy in particular, Richard Roop, Richard Roop and Dan Duran. Uh, I flew to Atlanta. That's that changed my business. And and these guys were all about they were all about marketing. And so, how are you gonna get your phone to ring? You gotta you gotta you better send something out to someone that lets them know that hey. I mean, I buy houses, you know, so they, yeah, so they were all about marketing, man. This was just also new, 
and 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 it was exciting and scary all at the same time. It, it was like just a whole different world that I things that I was learning that I just never knew. And so I was totally consumed by it, but I spent so a lot of money. Did, when you say you spent money, and I mean, at, at the time, I imagine that you and I've talked in the past, so I know that you've got a pretty good mailing campaign. So is that pretty much primarily where you spent the dollars to, to basically do mailers and do direct mail campaign? Is that is that pretty much your background? Yeah, yeah. And to this day, it's I still do mainly mail. Okay. Snail mail, you know? Yeah. I, my, my thing was, you know, you hear so much stuff, right? I mean, you hear so much stuff. We're, we're the information age, and this sounds great. You hear this person talk about this, and you're like, wow, that sounds great. And then you hear this person say, the, the so-called experts or whatever, they talk about, no, that, that doesn't work. They're blah, blah, blah. What I found was, <laughs> well, guess what? I just got to spend money. I got to hit these people over and over and over again. And be consistent with that. And it's, yeah, it's tough to spend ten dollars to $15,000 a month. But it's something that if you're going to be uh, successful in this, uh, I mean, and, and buy a consistent amount of homes, yeah, you, you just have to. So we're talking about, Tavis and I have been talking about some marketing stuff. And, you know, Tavis has always been really great about agent outreach. I'm new to all this. So it's sort of whatever I try will pretty much be the first thing. Do, yeah. So do you door knock? Do you, you get on a mail campaign? Do you figure out how to, you know, have a website that people go to? So I imagine, especially back early on, you're, you're transitioning from GNC. You're putting real money into it. You know, what was that first taste of? okay, I think this might work. I mean, I imagine you got a call, you went out and you comped a house. Like, Talk us through that first kind of like experience of like, okay, I, I think this might work, but now I know it's going to work. My first deal. I mean, it took the first deal. You know, it takes, even, even when you believe it, you never really believe it. I, I don't feel like you believe it as much as you want to believe it until you see some evidence of it, right? And you know what? Some of this stuff, man, I've even forgot. So now I'm forced to think about it. But it's like the, my first deal didn't come off mail. It came off the sign off of my truck. And it came off the sign on my buddy's truck. I convinced Robert for the first couple of years to put my sign on his truck. And yeah, I paid him, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or something. <laughs> yeah, I went to high school with this guy. And he was at a Home Depot. Yeah, and someone saw the, the sign on his truck, called me, and it was actually created. I, I, I didn't buy the house outright. I got the guy to deed me the property and then get paid when we sold the property. Oh, wow. So, okay. It's like a novation. Is that what they call a novation, basically, where they kind of give you the, the right to the rehab it and then sell it and they take a piece of it? Is that? Well, that was novation before I knew what novation was. Yeah. You know, that, that was, that was called, I don't have, I don't have money. <laughs> and, and so I've got to figure out how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to buy all these houses? Oh man, I'm gonna have to get creative. Uh, and this just happened to fit that. This just happened to kind of fit that, that mold of, you know, you know, when you're in a tough situation, you, you'll consider other things and so forth. And it actually turned out to be good for them. So, so Mark, what? Give us just a quick snapshot of what that deal looked like. What did you, what did you deed it for? What was the rehab in it? What did it, you know? How long did the project take? What did, what did you make on it? You know, just just as your first deal. 
uh, that said, hey, I'm a believer in this. Let's keep going. Well, I remember this. It was a deal in Rockwall, Becky Lane in Rockwall. I still remember the street. I can remember barely seeing the lake, you know, from the back patio. Uh, so when I looked at it, I was pretty excited about that. Uh, but I know the guy owed like 120 120 is worth uh, ARV on the. I think we sold it for maybe two, 220, 230, as far as what I can remember. And I did give the guy, he, he was behind on the mortgage. So I made that up, but I, I, I told him I would give him another, it was like five or 6,000. Just walk, you know, walk away once money. We, yeah. Yeah. So, so you basically did like a subject two, but had a few asterisks on it, yeah, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to keep your mortgage alive. I'm going to catch you up. And then, you know, I'm going to give you a bonus here if we do this and this. Yeah. So what did you, so what did, so you buy it for 120, you think you sold it for around 220, 230. What do you think you put into it back then? And what was your, what was your net return on that? Yeah. I mean, we, I put in probably somewhere around 40. Okay. That used to be the deal, man. I, I used to think about that. You know, like I buy a deal for 120, I put 40 into it, sold for 200. That was like, that was like the math. I mean, it's, you're making, you're making, you know, 15 to 20 K, uh, you know, on a deal and, and so forth. Uh, you know, there are times where you, you're thinking that's pretty good, you know, and, and back then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we cleared, uh, after everything, you know, I just remember after everything was said and done, realizing uh, how much more expensive it was to this business than than what I thought or what I had hoped. But I think we cleared, I cleared almost 30, you know, on that deal. That's it just getting the experience, getting it started. And, you know, there's no better way to learn than just do That gave you a taste. Whether you make yeah. money yeah. or lose money or whatever. Heck yeah. I mean, that reminds me a lot about my first deal. I, I think I've told Tavis, but my very first deal ended up being a wholesale deal. It was at the, you know, it was about <clears throat> two years ago. And similarly, like I didn't really know how I was going to buy it, but I was just presented with this opportunity to buy a house that was distressed. And they had, I had my real estate license and they were just wanting some help to sell it. And I offered, like, well, if I could buy it, would you be interested? And they said, sure. And I had a, a runway because it was a probate. And so I knew that I had some time while they were doing all the legal stuff to figure out my financing, but I had decided that's what I wanted to do. And whenever you have that opportunity and you've made that your mind up, you start getting real creative. And so actually I cashed out a little bit of a, uh, a retirement account. I, I, I cashed out a little bit of a 401k or borrowed against myself because I had a, a retail client who had done that for a down payment. So yeah, there's just no, there's no replacement for actually doing it because up until then I had read books and watched videos and talked to people at nauseum. And it's not until you actually just jump in and figure it out, uh, that you learn just so much more. And it's not just the learning, the logistics, it's that belief. It's that self-belief that all of a sudden, you know, okay, yeah. I, I can actually do this. And then you move forward and you just can't replace that. You can't learn that from a book or anything like that. So yeah, very, very similar. So um, after you got you, that. Figuring out the why and then the how will just kind of appear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you got that first deal. You had three deals your first year. You got into the mortgage crisis and you're like, what the heck? Um, so how did you, I assume you had sold GNC at this point. So now you're full on full-time real estate. You have a funnel going. You've got some mailers going. 
So how did you navigate that next two or three years that was pretty much a crisis for everyone in the industry where, where prices were just tanking? Kept spending money, you know, kept spending money. Um, you know, it, man, at, at this point, I'm, I'm still trying to figure things out. You know, I, I think even if the market was normal, if it had continued and, and not not even hit the bottom like it did, not even tank, I think it would still been a challenge. You know, and then now I have this other thing thrown on top of it. And it's it's like, OK, um, you know, I think because I was so new that all I knew is is to continue what I'd started. And that was basically spending money, learning. I was really looking into marketing. I was really looking into, you know, I, I didn't want to be the first to invent something, you know. So it's like, OK, who's got something out there? What are these people using? What are just my options? I mean, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to look at everything. I, I mean, I can't make decisions sometimes because I just don't know what the options are, you know? So how were you kind of keeping track? So you kind of knew which one was successful or were you just kind of like, man, I'm going to go with this for a while. I got a few calls. Let's do that again. Like how, what was your system at the time or now? I mean, I, I I'm interested too. Like how has that evolved to now? Yeah. It's metrics, KPIs, you know, all that lingo and everything else. I don't come from a business background, you know, and with, with GNC, you know, it's just looking at things a little bit differently than, than this. So uh, how was I tracking stuff, man? I wasn't, you know, and I, that's one thing that I stress to people, I guess now it's like, okay, yeah. What, what, do I, what do I wish I'd done? Maybe a little bit sooner, you know? So, so Mark, I <laughs> I, we got a lot more to cover, but just kind of going through. So the, the, when the mortgage crisis happened, right? So what did you, what was the biggest thing that you think um, you saw in the business? Was it, I, obviously you're, you're, you're pumping money into the business for marketing. You're getting the phone to ring, you're getting leads, you're getting opportunity. And I remember, yeah, obviously there was a market that, you know, cause I started uh, on the flip side in 2009 and that was when, kind of, you know, banks weren't lending. So it was, you know, it was cash opportunities. It was REO opportunities. Um, and, you know, it was an uh, opportunity to buy stuff that, uh, you know, needed heavier work that people were kind of running away from, right? So like that, that's when we started doing a lot of houses that needed foundation work back then. Um, but, uh, you know, for you, was it, what was it that you, you um, were challenged with mo mostly uh, during that time. You got your lead source working, you're getting the phone to ring. Was it days on market on the backside? Was it rehab, you know, stuff that you had to kind of learn through the curve? I mean, what, what were some of your biggest challenges going through that time? And then, you know, kind of fast forward us up to, you know, the, the last, you know, the last 10, 12 years and kind of what you're doing today and, and some of the, the challenges that you're seeing in today's market um, just kind of get us through that a little bit. It was going to be harder to sell the properties. So I continue, I continued advertising and so forth, but that's when I switched over to, well, started considering wholesaling. I figured, okay, this is, this is, uh, it's going to make more sense. You know, let me back up for a second. Cause part of it was at this point, uh, I started focusing on raising funds. I've never used a bank. So that was part of it. I knew if I was going to buy more stuff, I better get more money. So, so while until I had as much money as, as what I needed, it made more sense just to get rid of some of these properties and, and start wholesaling. So I switched 
probably by mid to end of 08 and then going forward. Yeah. I switched. I probably was wholesaling 75% of the properties. I mean, wow. Do I wish I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just remember a mesquite. I was buying properties for 20 grand. You know, it's like, yeah, if you could have a do over, how many of those does it take to, to be worth something today? It's like, yeah, if I'd have kept 10 of those, but, but I remember my first wholesale deal when, I, I sold one in Mesquite. I, I bought it for twenty and wholesaled it for uh, for thirty, and you know made ten. And back then, the margins on the flipping wasn't—I mean, they're not what they are now. And so, ten grand, I was like, "This is, you know, this is great." But it's not all I wanted to do, but it's what I had to do at the time. So that's kind of how I weathered the storm. I I just, yeah, I, I went to wholesaling more stuff and and was a little bit more careful in the stuff that we kept and flipped. I mean, obviously it was all about the numbers. All right. So we were, we got through the crisis. We're here kind of modern day like today, today. And so what does your business look like? Are you the our sole, you know, person that works in your business? Do you have people that help you out? Are you like, what's your flow of like, and what are you spending? You don't have to get into all the details, but you know, what are you kind of looking like every month to generate how many deals? Are you, are you sending out a thousand pieces of mail and you're getting one or two deals a month or like kind of what does your business volume look like these days? Well, you know what? I, I mean, everything kind of changed, you know, a little bit from, I, I say, you know, like a lot of us do now, pre-COVID, post-COVID. And because, you know, typically up until, uh, up until COVID 2019, I mean, you know, I was averaging 25 to 30 houses a year. So then COVID hit and, uh, and uh, you know, I have an assistant uh, in the office. And by the end of, by the end of 2020, I let her go. And just, we just weren't, we just weren't getting the calls. You know, I was having to get creative on uh, getting deals and so forth. Uh but it cha that changed just a little bit. I actually cut my advertising back some. And what I've done is, I think now to speed up, I just started. Uh, I started figuring out, okay, how am I going to maximize and how am I going to make the most money off of each deal? And how am I going to how am I going to smooth this process out and uh, control costs? And so, really, I started concentrating on, okay, I'm going to do less deals but I'm going to do more money per deals. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And I thought you know, last year, 2022, the, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. I'm buying half the, the amount of houses now, but I'm making more than twice the amount of money per deal, you know? So I started maximizing that. You know, I think one thing in this business is, you know, part of it, it has to be, you know, how much money do you want to make? And you got to reverse engineer it, right? And so everybody's different there. If I hear stuff like grind, got to grind one more time and maximizing and, you know, everything that you're going to hear, rah, all this rah, rah bullshit. It, it's part of the reason that almost I, I wanted to stop networking. <laughs> it's crazy as it sounds, but, and I probably got a little bit too negative about it, but uh, there, there really is no right or wrong way to do some of this stuff. It, it's a matter of what, you know, what do you want? I mean, you're the, you're the boss, you're the owner, you can do things however you want. I just knew that I wanted to make X amount of money and still have enough freedom to do, you know, a lot of the other stuff that I wanted to do. And 
you know, the first 10 years of this business, you know, I was a workaholic. I mean, I, I'd spend the night. I would, I would literally, so many times I'd wake up and my head was slung over on my desk. And, and yeah, I didn't even go home. You know, I just fell asleep because you got to grind, man. Grind, grind, grind. You know, the balance thing is very important because I have a family and, you know, I missed a lot of stuff. So I think part of the equation is, you know, you got to start off with trying to look at things in a balanced perspective. It's it's going to vary from individual to individual. But I think bottom line is, do you want to try to scale something or do you want to keep it more manageable and more controlled? And for me, you know, I'm so much a control freak that sometimes that's limited that's limited maybe how big I, you know, I could have pushed my business and so forth. But I think that's part of the equation, right? And it's like, how, how much do you want to do yourself? How much money do you want to make? And then you have to think about it in terms of that. So that would determine like how many houses you need to buy. And then, so how much advertising do you need to do? How much money would you have to spend? How many employees will you need? I've just gotten really good at managing. I mean, if you, in this business, if you can manage contractors, that's simply the majority of your work. I mean, a lot of stuff, managing people over the phone, uh, setting things up, organizing, uh, scheduling, uh, you know, staying on top of costs and so forth. But that's going to vary from person to person. So, so lead sources, are, you know, what I'm, what, I, what I'm hearing is the, you know, it's, it, it's all about getting leads, right? You get, you've got to get your lead sources in, you've got to get the phone to ring, and then the next thing would be building your team and just having a solid team. Um, it, one of the things, Mark, you and I have been friends for many years now. I just It's always been interesting because the way that I've ran my business and my teams, it, it pretty much all subbed out, right? Like I don't have any uh, all-around guys, right? Everybody's an individual sub versus you. You kind of have the same crew that goes house to house. And that, that gets you tight sometimes, right? Because it, it's hard for you to do multiple houses at the same time because you've kind of got one crew that's at one place and then the other thing i know in our recent conversations you've talked about uh having kind of more gc based now is that is that currently where you're at or what's your dynamic look like right now okay so long ago going back i realized you know when the, the more people i had come to my houses the more that it costs right it's like so if i can get more of an umbrella type of structure going on with with contractors and so forth that i'm going to be able to control the cost a little bit so i basically hired initially contractors and so forth that they work for me paid them a salary they work for me and only me that way i always had someone they controlled the costs you know they were happy i was happy uh, you know my my guy that's been with me uh, joel uh, is is my He's my general contractor. He's my project manager. He's been with me for, what, 15 years? You know, uh, I mean, I'm really blessed that, yeah, to have that guy, you know, but he knows exactly how I like the houses. He manages everything. And we do multiple houses. We just got done doing three houses. So it's like, uh, I've got another crew, too, like the, the C team, basically. So Joel, he manages two crews. We can do two houses with them. I've got another crew that does uh, lower end stuff. But uh, hey, I've had to train Joel. I mean, the great thing about having him is someone like him 
uh, you know, I help him manage. I've trained him how, how to manage. And it's actually put a lot more money in his pocket. You know, I think I think trying to provide that value is why he's stuck with me. And, and he's great at what he does, man. He, this guy can go out on his own. And if he was doing stuff for homeowners, he, he could probably kill it. But he just doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't. He's just not great at the business side of it. So I've tried to help him. Uh, but yeah, I structured things like I like to put guys on salary, control the cost there just, just a little bit. Plus, you know, it's like I, I can send them anywhere that I want to. But, but I still have my other guys, you know, foundation guy, roofer. I have an electrician that does some of the stuff, but most of my guys do everything. I mean, they do the plumbing. We're about to do another house, cast iron, replace all the cast iron. I mean, my guys do the They'll do the panel boxes. They can rewire the entire house, uh, you know, all the plumbing, all the windows. Uh, they don't do things like carpet. You know, I still have a carpet company that does carpet. But uh, having having your crews, the more that they can do, the more money you're going to save. So are you wholesaling anymore or are you, are, are you mainly flipping now? The last house I wholesaled was last the beginning of last year, uh, 20, 2022. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing. OK, so I went nothing, nothing against wholesalers. But if you if you want to do that and do that as main business, well, yeah, you you de- do need to build your staff up. You're going to be busy and you're going to be busy. And then you're dealing with uh, I just didn't like it. It's a double whammy. You're having to deal with homeowners. Then you have to deal with investors, investor buyers, uh, which can be a, you know, a beat down. So. I try to keep everything, you know, when I ran the numbers and uh, looked at my bottom line, keeping everything and flipping, even if, even if I sometimes think I can make enough close, close to enough for a wholesale deal. I'm telling you every, every single time it's like with a flip and, and I've looked back and I'm like, man, I can't believe I was thinking about wholesaling that house because I make 30, 40 K more you know, by keeping it in everything, even if I have to keep something uh, like I've got, uh, man, I got a house right now that I bought in June, June that's still, yeah, still sitting there, you know, Bec- uh, because I know it's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be, uh, it, it's going it, to, it, I'm going to make more off of it just by holding it. So I'm, that's why I'm looking at everything now. And I've had the bird in the hand, right? Well, and I got to keep, man, I, you know, I got to keep, my guy's busy on some stuff too. And I don't mind sitting, letting certain things just sit there. And this one, I mean, it's property, it's my own money. So I'm not paying interest or anything. So I don't care about stuff like that, but uh, keeping these things and fixing them up, uh, you're going to make more money than wholesaling. And I'd have to do, I'd have to do five to six X, you know, on deals to, to make close to what I'm making now by wholesaling. Are you self-funding most everything or are you using banks more, private lending? How do you typically do your deals? I, so, you know, when I started, you know, I, I reached out to my warm list and it's like, man, I'm going to need to raise some funds, right? I had some money, but I realized that I, I, I was going to do, if you're going to do more than a couple, you know, well, you can really roll through some money, you know, quick. So, yeah, I started raising funds, started, uh, started calling people that I knew even old customers, you know, from my GNC days, that's one of my first uh, private individuals, money guys was from GNC and we had already always hit it off. So 
I've, I've never used banks. You know, I use a, now it's, it's, uh, I'll use i I'm self-funding on some things, other things I have, you know, I mean, I've got a couple mil in private money, basically just, I've had to change just a little bit because I just lost my biggest investor, which is a buddy of mine who I met when, uh, when I was wholesaling, uh, you know, you meet a lot of people, right. By wholesaling. And I sold him, I bet you I've sold him 20 something houses and, uh, we just, uh, you know, we got along and, uh, he started, he started funding my deal. He's just like, I mean, we're good buddies now, but he, he's just like, man, you don't need, I'll fund everything. <laughs> and he was funding everything at 6% there for, for quite a while. And, uh, now he's going through a divorce and yeah, basically that changed, that changed that he's getting ready to pay out probably a big chunk. So, uh, so now I'm, doing something for the first time that I haven't had to do in years. And that's starting to, to raise a little bit more capital. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's how I buy everything. And I've just, I've never used banks, but I'm, I am, uh, I am talking to, I'm talking to, you know, a couple right now, uh, just for the holding a little bit more on the holding side. Awesome. So Mark, um, real quick, just to wrap this up, what, what would be your one liner advice to anybody just getting into this business in today's market? And then how can we best help your business going forward? Oh man. You know, my, my biggest saying is always educate yourself. You know, it, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing how much information we have access to, you know, I mean, chat, look at chat GPT. I mean, it's changing, it's changing the game. And uh, I'm already using it in my business. And I, I think people have no excuse to to learn probably almost anything about what we do, right? Uh, it's just a matter of applying that. And, you know, and then I also tell people, yeah, get, you get good at, at raising money or finding money because you're going to need capital. This is a capital intensive business. And, and I think a lot of people fall for that no money down stuff that they see online. It's like, yeah, good luck with that. Name not going to work. Just real quick. How are you using chat for your business? Is it for copy for your mailers or how you, how are you using it? Yeah. Most of it's for co copywriting. I mean, I'll use, yeah, I, I, I'll use it on the messing around with it for descriptions on my listings. You know, I'm, I'm concentrating on trying to automate stuff. It's like, can I get some of this stuff off my plate? <clears throat> about learning some of this. So I'm, I'm trying to learn even the plugins and I mean, extension, it's just, it's how much stuff. I mean, it's mind boggling, right? It's overwhelming. I figured that's going to be, we're all going to need that going forward. I think about uh, the day of realtors is coming to an end. Eventually everything is just going to be so automated. You know, it's become normal now to sell your house. <clears throat> I think through an investor, remember when, that was such a stigma. Now people, it's become more normalized that, okay, people will consider that as an option. I just feel like everything's going to be so automated. It's going to be so normal to get on your computer, plug in something, sell your house. It, it's going to be almost, I guess, the equivalency of, of the, the sites they have for wholesaling. Obviously, there's that realtor element contracts and everything else. I don't know. I guess they'll figure that out too, but... 
I feel like that day is rapidly approaching. And yeah, it's super exciting to plug some of that stuff in and start tinkering with it and see kind of what it can do for sure. So, well, tell people um, how they can find you. And is there anything that, you know, anyone out there listening can can do to help you, you know, as far as your business goes, sending you deals or or buying your flips that you've you've got listed or where can they f- see your work? They just kind of give people an idea of where they can come find you. I mean, I'm intenseproperties.com. Intense Properties Home Buyers on Facebook. So that's uh, my website and then my Facebook page. Uh, yeah, much like you guys. I mean, if someone has a deal and it crosses my desk, then uh, yeah, I mean, I'll look at it if the numbers, if the numbers work. But otherwise, I mean, most of my stuff is just going to be continue to be done by, by direct mail at this point. Well, Mark, man, it's been awesome. Uh, like I said, being new to the business, everything's like great information. You know, just hearing about how people who have been in a long time do their business and and structure their day and structure their money. So, you know, you've done it uh, the way, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit of an old school way. Just keep the mailers going. Just be consistent. I think the key for me is consistency, you know, and I'm sure a lot of that you learned in the bodybuilding business. You know, you just put one day in, you put another day in, you see a little bit of result, you put another day in. And you stack enough of those days on top of each other and you're going to find success. And so, uh, man, I really, you know, it's, it's boring. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I think there's some of the stuff it's, I mean, yeah, it sounds exciting, but it's like, no, it's, it's like, it's boring. You don't think I get bored. You know, sometimes I, yeah, I want to go maybe do something else. I mean, you just get to the point. I think once you start to have success in, in anything, you realize that, yeah, there's just certain things that you got to do. So, and it is what it is. Man, kudos to you. It's that's a lot of years of being boring and not, you know, not getting distracted. There's so many shiny objects out there, so many new seminars, so many new, the latest, greatest things, and especially with the internet yeah. and Instagram. It's it's really hard to pick a lane and stick to it. So kudos to you. I know it's been super successful for you. So yeah, thank you. Um, well, you guys know Tavis and I, uh, we're the real estate heavyweights on the Dallas Real Estate Guy on Instagram. Find me on Facebook, Ashton Hines. You can find Tavis. Mostly on Facebook, some on Instagram. He's Tavis Westbrook, Travis without the R. He's got Tavis Westbrook Designs. If you need something, uh, you need some designs done for a, a future project, they can do CAD work. They, he can sit down with you and really kind of sketch out your dream of uh, your renovation or uh, anything you want to do inside the home. They can really move you along the process. He's, he's great at that too. And if you have a deal out there, uh, you might have to flip a coin. You can either flint, send it to Mark or send it to us. You know, it's, uh, on, when we have guests on here that do similar things, uh, you know, we can figure out there's enough out there for everybody, I'm sure. So pay attention for the next episode on Friday where we come to you with a market update and the news and a little bit of a lighter take on the DFW real estate industry. And until then, we hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon.